We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. A couple of things I just want to complain about have nothing right. to do with sports. Oh, cool. The first of which is this idea that when you book a hotel room, yes, oh. you cannot check in. Until a certain time. It's the biggest racket. It really is. Now, you ha- you can't get in because I have to do a lot of stuff today in the city. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, I'm going to stay here. The weather sucks. I'm just going to stay here tonight. But I got all, I you know, the show ends here at 9 o'clock. I'd like to maybe get a little bit of shut eye before I do yeah. all the stuff I got to do. Right. Can't get into this damn hotel before 3 o'clock. Yeah. But they make you check out. At noon. Yes. Now, I know they have to clean these rooms, but you're telling me there isn't at least a handful of rooms for those who need them during the day that are paying you this exorbitant amount of money because it's New York City to stay in a place that you can clean quickly and you can't be sold out every single day, all day, every day. There's got to be a room there that you clean that hasn't been touched since the last time you cleaned it. It's got to be at least one. You don't You don't get to spend 24 hours in the room. You, they, it's a huge racket. You Drives me nuts. You pay upwards of $200 plus dollars and they tell you you can only check in at 3 and you have to be out by noon. Yeah. That's not even full 24 hours. Just get there early. They'll let you in. No, uh, they won't. What, I was telling them that. That's what they I do. Will. I blow through that. Yeah. I mean, you I've better have your room. Times. Give me a room. Oh, I was fighting on the phone with this woman last night. Got to be in person. Yeah. That's I said, I got to be in there. Mm-hmm. I'm paying the money. I got to be in there. It's important to me. Uh, no. Well, she, she kept saying no. And she said, well, if you show up here at 2, maybe. Oh, oh that's weak. Maybe. And I said, what? What do you mean maybe? No, do you, are you a member of one of the honors programs or something? That's no. It? No? I don't okay. do enough traveling for oh, that. Okay. That was no honors program. <laughs> I don't even know what this place is. I just... Just it was a was good you close rate. your eyes and pick one. No, it was close and it was a good rate, so I just went with that. You know? Roach Motel, Snooty <laughs> yes. Fox. Remember that place that I stayed in? That's what you. Oh God, yeah, in what? Dallas. Oh, you're crazy. That was the worst decision. <laughs> <laughs> when we went to the national championship game, we had to pay our well, we had to pay our own way, right? And it was right when we started here, and it was just. I mean, where you were staying, or the place is close to the. I stayed at Winford's house. Oh, you did. Okay, yeah. right. And but the the because it was last minute and all that stuff, the they were either exorbitant or sold out. Yep. So I went to some spot that I found on Orbitz or Expedia or something. Chalk lines. I mean, it was dis- it was just <laughs> disgusting. It was like nothing I've Police ever seen. Police tape. It was somebody <laughs> sleeping in the elevator, drunk, holding a beer. You were gross. When we went, when I did the show the next day, <laughs> it was it was horrible. There was blood in the uh, room in San Francisco, I believe. Was oh, there something on the floor? Yeah, yeah, there was some. Yeah, there, there was. was. Maybe it was, it was blood. I, I it might have been. 
Really? Yeah, I thought that was that at that hotel, but you might be right. It might have been San Francisco. There was some blood there. No way. Yeah, oh, there yeah, was, it was a nice room. hotel. Not you weren't in this room though, Brian. I'm yeah. glad I wasn't. Yeah, that's when you were peeping through the hole of my room. Well, we'll see if you were ready yeah, to do the whatever. show. That's yeah. what it was. Peeping Tom. All right, so that I can't stand. Okay, so I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna say, listen, you got to let me in this room. But you know what they're gonna say? We'll hold your bags. Hold your bags. Right? That's weak, man. Go about the city. I'll give you. There's a restaurant recommendation. <laughs> You can go get lunch at uh, El- You need to tell them who you are. Sloppo over there. You tell them who you are. You tell them I will rip you on WFAN if you don't let me in this room you right can, now. You can enjoy our amenities. We've got a, a free Wi-Fi for the guests. <laughs> Nothing's free in here. <laughs> if you'd like us to hold the bag and utilize our Wi-Fi and our little snack bar. Yeah, up yours. Let me in the room. <laughs> Jerk. Put your foot down, man. Let I'm going to put you. my foot down. And if I, I'm going to put my foot down, if that doesn't work, it's going to end up somewhere else, my foot. <laughs> All right. Another thing I can't stand. All right. Surge Bar- pricing. These are the first world problems, yeah. Surge pricing. Yep. So someone told me this story yesterday. That when that bomb went off, that total... The port Authority here in New York. skull. Yes. Who tried to blow himself and others up. Yep. He couldn't even do that right. Yep. When he when that happened at the Port Authority in New York City, they had Uber because they shut all the trains down and people it was rush hour, they were surge pricing the hell out of everybody. Oh wow. After a terrorist failed terrorist attack, they were surge pricing people. Mm. They said that it would cost something like fifty bucks to go from the Port Authority to here, which is normally like an eighteen dollar ride. If that, right. Was yeah, if that, right was $50 they were asking for. I mean, what type of garbage is that? That's whack. And airlines, too, with the surge pricing. Yep. Airline tickets should be whatever the ticket is. You can't tell me as we get closer in the supply and demand, you're going to just start killing people on the price. <laughs> can't do that. Surge pricing, another thing I can't stand. You so, good? Got both those off your chest. Is that third? Anything else? Not right now. I mean, well, maybe that is three because they didn't salt the roads where you live. That's right. Uh, we started with that. Yeah, yeah that's right. fine. That's all I got now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so cool. I just wanted to yell about those because in the break, you go to me. We won't do RG3. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no. He'll drop you in the grease, America. Oh, talking he about will drop you damn in RG3. He will. Well, what do you want to say about time. RG3? Go ahead. That was your producer's idea. <laughs> he said it to me. I was trying to help you. Maybe you liked it. I don't know. We haven't communicated and talked about the show in maybe three I, years, Brian. I, maybe you did like it. Oh, no, you going to drop me in Greece. Yeah, you are covered. You are. Slide away. Shin deep in Greece right now. You are. I am a fried turkey. Yeah, you, you really are. Hope you use peanut oil. <laughs> well, if people are confused what we're talking about, uh, Brian was just, as the show was going on, just crossing out stuff he didn't want to talk about. So I said, all right, if you're going to do that, then you got to come up with the topics we are going to talk about. You can't you can't put me, paint me in a corner and make me fight out of it, <laughs> which I just did with complaining about some stuff, which is my <laughs> go-to. But I really was annoyed about those things yesterday. Um, Rightfully so. Yeah, that's right. I'm with you. Call the hotel right now, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Tell see them, what they say. On behalf of we need to do this. your guest. Yeah. Actually, I need, don't. I need some information. No, 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 actually don't. Why not? Because Mike's terrible at those things. Like, he's not good at... You would not be a good personal assistant. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got us in early to the hotel when we had to... Why did we have to stay here? Probably for snow. 
and we got in early, and I got us a uh, bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you're not a good haggler. Are you a good haggler? Yeah. I have to be in person for it to work. Okay, so you said you're not good at it either. No, I every every time I'm on the phone and I go and I call up and and really am angry about something, and then they go, "Well, uh, there's just nothing we can do." I go, "Oh, okay." It can't hurt Sorry. to try. Oh, I'm great at it. Yeah, but I, I, well, you are. You're also an intimidating dude. I, on, over the phone? Yeah. Uh-huh. Intimidating? Your voice, How? you're loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would be scared of you. I don't yell at them. Well, sometimes. sometimes I just, I, I don't do. know what it is. I don't. Sir, stop yelling at me, please. Right. I'm sorry. Just talk loud, especially when I'm angry and I feel like I'm getting horrible customer service. You don't want to get personal. <laughs> <laughs> to you, when you first make y'all those messed calls. up, y'all messed up a perfectly good yoga session that day with that interview. I came straight out of yoga, rushed home to do that interview, and you punks got me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we did. Just get messed you. up my chi. I'm proud of my record. Yeah, <laughs> kiss off. <laughs> proud of my record. Boy, did you get angry that day. Yeah. When you try to haggle and you try to get something customer service wise, do you start off with angry Brian or you start off with collegiate Brian? Collegiate. You start I try to start off with collegiate. Yeah, I try to suppress the anger and start off with Hi, this is Brian Keith yeah. Jones. I would like to dispute my bill. <laughs> and by the end of it, what'd you say? Huh? Yeah. Uh, like uh, Verizon, you know, I'm turning off services and stuff and it, well, you know uh you had a two year contract and it's gonna cost you a hundred and twenty dollars. I wanted to throw that router at her. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get your <laughs> Whoa. Who is that? Mm, that mm. was you. Dang. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. you reaching into your anger toolbox <laughs> and picking out a stapler to throw. <laughs> yeah, that video is available on the Geo and no, Jones no, Facebook not. page. Get rid of that. Yes, it is. It's up there. I know it's you, my. <laughs> you me to tell him more. <laughs> So that get ready to that. I was at Austin. Get ready to play that again. This is how it went, Mike. Right. <laughs> so you call Brian. Brian says hello. Yes. You say, "Good morning, Brian. How are you?" I know it's you. My will be calling me this early. No, that's no. You just say hi. Blew it. Sorry, wasn't listening. You said this is Mike. This is Mike, Brian. I know it's you. My will be calling me this early morning. I know it's you. <laughs> Who else is going to call me at five in the morning? What? <laughs> oh, where's the you rest want? of it? Oh, there oh. it is. <laughs> I was going to say, where's the rest of it? <laughs> now, that is a pregnant pause. Yeah. Very long one. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So uh, do you want to talk about either Aaron Rodgers or RG3? Hell hey, no. I don't like no quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is going to play, and I'm not here to save the day. I'm just here to play, and hopefully everyone else will elevate their play. Yeah, we talked to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's one of the dumbest things he's ever said. Yeah. I'm not here to save the yes, Packers. You are. Well, that's exactly what you're doing. That's exactly why they thrusting you back into action, man. I mean, is he trying to set the bar low? I mean, I why? Believe so throw us off the scent. Yeah, it's very odd of him mm-hmm. to say that he's not coming back to save the team. What are you doing? Are so we just coming back because you're bored? Then yeah. you're coming back because you still have an opportunity to make the postseason. If yep. you make the postseason, maybe you go on a run. Mm-hmm. Maybe you go on a run, maybe you get another Super Bowl. That's why you're coming back, to save the damn team. So, I don't believe that that is his motivation, or, I mean, I believe that is his motivation. Anything else you say and, it is false. And will this inject some confidence into this football team, knowing you have your leader back under center? Of course it will. 
I mean, there's these no guys, they, they've got another uh, a huge pep in their step when they saw Aaron Rodgers back in that huddle as a starting quarterback. Everyone's jacked up. Oh, of course, especially Jordy Nelson. There was an Amber yeah. Alert out for him over the last several <laughs> weeks. And he's going to be, you know, the second that Aaron Rodgers back out there, the guy's going to catch 12 balls mm-hmm. for 175 yards and two touchdowns. That's what happens. There you go. Okay. Yeah. What else, Brian? I agree. Uh, let's see. Hmm. <laughs> off at you and your f- body. And keep that sh- off the video. What, <laughs> what is that? That's you <laughs> yelling at Mike. Oh, that's when he was trying to uh, he was trying to inject some body by Basegli into the pre-show video. That's right. Yep. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, you <laughs> sneaky bastard. <laughs> it really helps the company. <laughs> the company. You ever become incorporated? Did you ever? Never. Get an L- LLC? I'd rather not talk about it. Okay. That's I guess, I guess it's some legal stuff. Oh, some some legal stuff involved. Hmm. Uh, you did mention he wanted to say something about RG3 and he, he was getting offers or something. I, I thought you didn't want to talk about it. No, I don't want to. I, yeah, but you don't have anything else to say. So How do you know? I mean, because just I, just asked, I just well, asked you. Well, you didn't give me a chance to answer. They started playing drops. Yeah, well, I, I did give you, you plenty have no of time patience, to answer. man. Well, I mean, we're on, on live radio. Honestly, we got to entertain people. You can't have patience on live radio. I was, about, I was about to radio. answer, and he played the damn drop. Well, I'm just see, now you see how hard this is. Difficult, how hard right? is what? Difficult to introduce these topics, keep it moving. You, you never I really know how hard it is. I've been involved in this show for a long time. Time. My- <laughs> you need me to co-host again? You know how hard it is to throw items at people and miss? <laughs> I got <laughs> from a horse a couple years ago. It felt great. Everything that Pete has played has got a bleep in it. Every single thing has got a bleep in it. Uh, I'm going to get help for that. I do want to know why RG3 is being asked about Kirk Cousins' contract and why we should be taking what he's saying seriously. Like like, I, yeah. Like, I don't want to hear from this guy. Does anybody well, want to hear from him? RG, I don't want to hear from RG3 him. RG3 was on Sports the other day. He said that he he had some offers last season. He had one offer from the Cardinals, and he felt like it wasn't a legitimate offer because he'd be four-string quarterback going into camp and didn't think he'd get any real reps. I understand that. And he had an offer from the Baltimore Ravens where they wanted him to come in that week and be the starter in a preseason game against his old team, Washington, and he didn't feel like he'd, he would uh, be able to get – Ramped up on the uh, as far as the offensive game plan in that short short uh, time span, so he he uh, didn't take that one, rejected that offer, and, and so he still wants to play and feels like he can help teams play, and we'll see if he gets another shot. But remember, he worked out for the Rams, I believe it was, or the Chargers, and they both said he looked fine, he looked good, but neither team signed him. Yeah, and I think that the fact that he did not have a good relationship with his teammates in Washington is a big part of this, too. And there's really nobody's ever said a really good thing about RG3, the teammate. And that's probably preventing him from getting another opportunity just as much as his fragility and his inability to Mm -hmm. be a successful quarterback. Because if it was like, man, this guy's a real good dude. You know, he got some bad luck. Give him another shot. He's talented. Then he'd be on a roster. But the fact that he was conniving and weird and off-putting to his teammates. That's why he is on the sidelines well, he, sitting this he, season out. I don't know if those those characterizations were true his last time out with the Cleveland Browns. It was more so, what did they see from him? And I didn't see a lot. I didn't see a big difference from what I'd witnessed 
his last days there at Washington. For one, he didn't know how to get a harm's way, and that's interesting. That was the conversation he was having with uh, Michael and Jamel the other day is about talking about how how these quarterbacks should protect themselves. This dude, know, he didn't know how to protect himself. Why are you asking him that question? Yeah. What makes him an authority on how to protect yourself as a quarterback when he couldn't get out of harm's way? Remember that slide with Cleveland? Right. Tell us what you didn't do so we know what to do. (laughs) I guess it probably should have been the question. Right. All right, coming up next, a bogus update, and then we attempt to wake up an 82-year-old at 5.30 in the morning. (laughs) Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Bogish is with us. Not bogish. On a big Demi Lovato kick. Oh, are you? Yeah. Really? There's a couple of songs of hers I like. Yeah, that new song is sexy, and she's sexy. And... What, the Sorry Not yeah. Sorry? Yeah, Sorry Not Sorry. That's old. Girl. Yeah, it's not a new one. It's new to me, okay, guys? Man, it's you're new late. new to me. You're so late, dude. Really? We're so Creed. Pa- we're over that. Nickelback. Uh, they were Stained. hot at the time. Wait a minute. I, I'm not saying they're hot now. They were. Was that Cool for the Summer? She had that song, Demi Lovato. Remember that one? Nope. Cool for the Summer. Mm-mm. That's all I remember about it. Cool for another, cool for the summer. <laughs> is she the one that has like lupus and had a kidney transplant? Or no, somebody it was else? Selena Gomez. Oh, okay. Mm. Recovering alcoholic. That Who's was that? T- okay. Demi Who? Lovato. Oh, is she? Really? I thought she had some oh, drug issues as well. Yeah, she's she been clean. Stuff going on. Good for her. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Jam. Yeah. I nice, like Selena nice Gomez's video. music. I'm a I'm a Selena Gomez. I like Selena Gomez. She's the one with Marshmallow. That's pretty good. Marshmallow. Mm-hmm. Who's Marshmallow? This me. Uh, this guy, <laughs> Marshmallow. Hmm. It's a well, good song. Yeah, she's got a couple of decent ones out right now. There's one by that Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, and she's great. <laughs> what? what were you going to say? Oh, she, never. It makes no sense. I was going to say she's in the new uh, Pitch Perfect movie. Okay. Um, but well, she was in the last one too, right? She was in. Yeah. The, but I like I like that one. It's out. I it, we like pop music here, so get off our backs, people. You know what? She's really good. Who's getting in? on you? Oh, people right now are just disgusted yeah. with us. What's wrong yeah. with pop music? Pop music. Well, it's for dudes. Pop music. Yeah, right. We're supposed, we're supposed to be like Metallica. Pop, pop, yeah. pop right. music. Right, yeah. Why right. can't you like it all? Uh, I don't know. You know how people are. Like it all. Yeah, social norms. Mm-hmm. Prejudices. Bigotry. Don't let, that, yeah. don't let that dictate who you are. You uh, like what you like. We're okay? not. We're not. I was just right. explaining. This is the deal. We like it all. Right. Greg and I are going to see Pitch Perfect 3 this weekend. Yeah, together, holding hands. You are? I'm going to do the popcorn trick with them. You know the popcorn trick? <laughs> What's the popcorn <laughs> Fingers trick? Fingers crossed. <laughs> I, can't, I can't verbalize the popcorn <laughs> trick. <laughs> we'll show you. Did Warren Sapp teach you this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. As a matter of fact, <laughs> he did. He thought it was cute. So, <laughs> what's a popcorn a trick? Pleasant surprise. You got it now? Did you Google it? <laughs> no, I just finally paid attention. Y'all are nasty. Gross. That's what I feel dirty. That's our weekend, Bogus and I. Pitch Perfect 3 in the popcorn trick. <laughs> that is so. Oh, that is. Y'all are sick. <laughs> that is. Did you. Did Fart. <laughs> oh, you're gonna ah! kill him! You're gonna kill oh, the man! Oh man! 
I could use that when I was wasting my money on ride along. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> they could have saved me. You took a young lady to ride along? Yeah, my wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your wife. I left her alone. I'll be back to get you. <laughs> you just left her there? No, I, oh. I endured it. Oh man. Yep. It was yeah. a buzzkill. I think taking like movie dates never made sense to me because you don't talk. Yeah, that's why you do dinner in a movie. Yeah, but still, you do the dinner. Then let's go catch waste a movie. of time. Oh, you have all the if talking at the dinner. If it's if you've had many many conversations and you're deep into your dating, sure. Because now you're mm-hmm. just two people trying to figure out what to do with your lives. No, man, I used to do that all the time. Hey, let's let's catch a catch dinner in a movie. Yeah, but not Boom. like the first or second date. Yes, no way. Worked for me. Yeah, I'm telling I mean, it you, worked, it worked for you because you were you. No, it just let's do dinner in a movie. Cool. It was done. Mm. But you never Damn. say it. It's an hour and a half of sitting in silence. That's fine. Nothing wrong with silence. You can tell a lot about people with silence or in silence. You need to talk all no, the time. No, you can't. You can yes, find you can. nothing you out. You talk during dinner, then you go check out a movie. Yeah. I'm take, sure her, you... take her to stepping back. <laughs> was that actually in theaters or was that a straight to DVD? <laughs> not in theaters. Release. Imagine someone you know? stepping up going a two for stepping back. Please. I told you that guy recognized me from that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah Abdul. I was like, huh? Well, yeah, it was in the. <laughs> it was passed around the black fraternity community. <laughs> I'm a big hit in the frats, man. Yeah, the brothers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that should be required viewing, all those fraternities. <laughs> I should. Never... I'm sorry. Stop laughing. I know you're f- sorry. I can't. Stop cursing. It should be required. Abdul Smith. <laughs> That's some great acting. Yeah. <laughs> By whom? <laughs> Step it back. Delman Moore. Ticket this sales. This ain't right. 319. He found Delman and my father wanted some money for a new project. Really? Click. Yeah, I know. Bye. Come on. Really? Yeah, the the audience uh, score on Rotten Tomatoes is not bad. 73%. What? what yeah, 73%. See, there you go. 430 people. Y'all dogging my movie. Yeah. 73%. That's a good rating. <laughs> Apologize, all of you. I love the, um, the user reviews on IMDb. Good movie if you're into the subculture. <laughs> right. Yeah. Get away from me. (laughs) That was funny. We had him read those lines. I guess it has a good message, but it takes too long to get to the point. Get sidetracked. A lot of pointless scenes that seem to never end. Mm. For example, the scene when they are in class having a discussion about the different Greek organizations. Again, I warn you, it is low budget. (laughs) Yes, it was. It took them eight years to make it. (laughs) If you can bear with that... And the other painful scenes and the bad acting, <laughs> it will eventually be sort of entertaining. You are adding that in. No, there, look, oh, you can read it right here. Mm-hmm. It's here. Baby, you just need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bogish. Uh, well, we're calling Jim Moore in a second, but. Sports? Yeah, do it. All right, why not? The Houston Rockets <laughs> have been lost since Chris Paul returned from his knee injury. That's 11 straight victories, plus the one on opening night they got before Paul was injured. So 12-0 altogether when he plays. CP3, 31 points, 11 assists in last night's 108-96 decision over the Hornets. And the whole world rejoices 
says James Harden. This is a great sight. I think not only the fans and the teammates, but just everybody around the world. Around the world, delighting in Chris Paul playing well. Paul George booed throughout his return to Indy last night. He gets it, but he also thought he repped the Pacers well. I played my hardest, and, and I played hard every night. You know, I, I, I thought I took, you know, what the city was about, and that's being blue-collar. You know, that, that sure was, was how I approached the game play every every side of the ball. George scored only 12 points, but got the clinching steal and free throws in the Thunder's 195 victory. Boston's Gordon Hayward is out of a walking boot now, just a small brace on the left ankle. He gruesomely injured back on opening night. USA Today says the Baltimore Orioles are inching towards dealing Manny Machado. The organization apparently thinks something might be done by the end of the week. Some consider the White Sox the favorites to get Machado. Thursday night football can't start fast enough. It's the Colts and Broncos and their seven combined wins in Indy. And how about P.K. Subban? Power play is over. Three minutes plus gone in the second period. Long shot in by P.K. Subban to flex off the glove of Nielsen into the net. What a night this has been for P.K. Subban. That's Pete Weber on right. Predators Radio. Two goals, that one from center ice in a 7-1 Nashville win in Vancouver. Boys? All right, Bogish, thanks. Joining us right now, a man we've been trying to connect with for several years. He has a connection with Brian Jones. Brian loves this man. It is Jim Mora, former NFL coach, of course. Coach Brian with the New Orleans Saints, the diddly-poo team. Good morning, Mr. Mora. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, guys. How's it going back in New York? Coach, it is freezing. <laughs> and nice I, here in the desert. I, I know. You, you're probably uh, probably getting ready to hit the links or something, are you? Not today. Okay. Tomorrow. How much golf are you getting in these days? About three days a week. Sweet. There you go. That's what keeps you young right there. Uh Coach, thanks for joining us. It's been a while since I've talked to you. I think the last time we saw each other was uh, 2011 at the BCS title game. And that was, uh, was it uh, LSU-Bama or was it a Saints game? I think it was LSU-Bama I ran into. LSU-Bama yeah. at the Superdome. Right, right. I ran into you there. And uh, first question I wanted to ask you, you coached a long time. How long did it take for you to get it out of your blood? Is it, are you still have that same mindset, the coaching mindset, or are you, you, you're just done with it, knowing that, of course, you're not going to ever be back on the sidelines? I, 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 it didn't take too long. I mean, like you said, I, I, I coached a long time, uh, high pressure, you know, Colts, Saints, that type of stuff. I still do some stuff. I still do some things every season a few times a year with WDSU, which is the NBC affiliate in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And when the Saints play a, a game on, uh, well, a- actually, after I finished coaching, I worked for NFL Network for five years, and I worked for Fox Sports Radio for five years. I did a talk show every weekend on Fox Sports Radio, Saturday and Sunday. So I did stuff with sports and involving football, and I still do some things with WDSU, with the Saints, so I'm not totally out of it. But uh, it, it didn't take me too long to get you know, they say, well, hey, this is enough. I've done it enough. It's been a long time. I'm ready to not do it anymore. I think that most people, when they think about you, they'll go back to the classic videos of rants after games. Are you comfortable with that being such a big part of your legacy? No, not hmm. entirely. But there's nothing I can do about it, so I just accept it. But, uh, 
you know, that's I, I, I get the playoff thing a lot from people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, walking down the street, uh, I get letters from people, notes from people about it, uh, you know. But, but, hey, I've accepted it now. So it depends what kind of mood I'm in. <laughs> well, no, really. If I'm if I'm somewhere and some guy comes up and or I say I'm walking down the street and some guy I hear some guy say playoffs and and then it, and if I'm in a bad mood and I might say something back to him. Wow, really? Well, Still, not, yeah, not too bad, but yeah. I might. <laughs> I love and if it. If I'm in a good mood or it's a good looking girl, <laughs> you let it go, and it doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> You have not changed it. And I go back to that because I was a part of that Diddley Poo team, and I always tell folks about you going off and you subsequently uh, resign the, the next day. And I didn't have a problem with it, Coach, because the game could drive you crazy. And I know our team was driving you crazy, and I thought for your health you probably need to, 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 to step away. And a lot of guys in that locker room were upset. They were so damn upset that they still went out and stunk up to join each and every Sunday. But – I just remember being in a locker room. I tell guys how that was a long. It took the longest to to get dressed because you came in, you yelled at us, and then you left, and you came back in, you threw the laundry bin, and you left, and you came back, you were banging on the coke machine. You left. Wait, what are you talking about? I don't remember doing all that stuff. I think you're overdoing it, Brian. Coach, you know, yeah. over the years things get bigger and bigger and bigger all the time, and I found this out. It's I hear some stories from former players that, well, I never remember doing that stuff. Well, that's I incensed you were. We incensed like that, and, and rightfully so. Uh, it kind of uh, you know jogs the, the memory or jars the memory, I should say. Uh, along the lines with what Greg was asking you. Uh, You've always been a fiery coach. At, at some point, was there ever uh, an inkling to say, well, maybe I need to temper my approach to how I go about this? Sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of times. You know, I look back at some of my post-game press conferences, and I wish I wouldn't have said some of the things that I said. I wish that sometimes I, I, I wish I wouldn't have uh, said some things that I, or, you know to the, to the team or to players. Yeah, I, I think about it, and I could have handled things a lot different. And I think it would have been better if I if I would have, but I I didn't. You know, I lost my cool a little bit, and emotions came out. And I'm an emotional guy anyway, and uh, I said some things that I probably shouldn't have said, or said them in a way that I shouldn't have said them. So yeah, I regret some of the stuff I said, especially to the press. Are you at peace but, with you it? Know, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with a lot, especially those New Orleans guys. I, when I go back down there, I see them, and you know, we've gotten to be pretty friendly. I stay in touch with them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you know, there's one or two guys that, that I, I had a problem with, and, and most of the national media I had a good relationship with. So I don't, you know, it, it, I, 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 I didn't hide stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I let it out. Gio and Jones with Jim Moore across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Are you at peace with it now in your life, or do you still think about it a lot? And, and oh, I don't think about it a lot. No, yeah. what good does it do? It's been a long time. Right. I don't think about it a lot at all. No, I'm yeah. at peace with it. Yeah. And, and I, the way I read it was, and it's interesting to see you know the relationship you had with the media. The way I read it was that that people were more like, "Wow, he's he's really fired up, and it's entertaining to us," as opposed to, "Man, he's being a jerk to us." That's that's from from my perspective. Yeah. Was it, was it more of that, or you feel like you really you did, didn't talk to the media? Well, I properly? didn't know, but I the, the 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 over the years since I left coaching, the when we talk about it, when I when I talk about it with people, that's the impression I have too. That yeah, 
I know I know some media guys. In fact, I was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago. He's, he's still with the media in New Orleans, and you know he, he said, "Hey, you told it like it was, and and you 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 didn't hide things. You let us know how you felt." And uh, he says, "I I respected that." So. I, you know, when I hear stuff like that, then it doesn't bother me as much. Well, uh, I think I can speak to uh, some of my teammates, and I was only with you for a couple years, uh, but uh, I, we felt the same way, and it was refreshing. And you didn't just you had to guess what was on Coach Moore's mind; he would tell you what was on his his, his mind. So uh, that was refreshing, and you know, growing up in a different era than than now, where some of these. Uh, uh, these players have thin skin. Uh, they couldn't have handled th- that approach. When you look at the Saints now and the success they're enjoying, of course, starting with that young defense that's finally starting to congeal, uh, they've gotten much better. What has impressed you about them thus far this season? Well, the, the main thing, the, the big improvement, like you say, is their defense. And I've been following them now and, and doing this thing with them for about eight years, eight seasons. And, you know, a few years after the Super Bowl, when 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 uh, Sean Payton got suspended and the defensive coordinator got suspended and their defense stunk, and they've always had a good offensive team. You know, with Drew Brees and the receivers and Sean Payton coaching, basically coaching the offense, they've always been good. They've always been able to score points. I I didn't think their running game was particularly good, but they they struggled defensively. So now that they've got, like you say, a young defense and a ta- some talent over there. You know, they're special. I think they're a really good football team. I was at the game last Thursday in Atlanta, and they didn't play particularly well that night, but I've watched them on TV here the last, you know, half of the season, and I I think they're really good. They're good on defense. They run the ball now a lot better. That Camara kid's a a talent. And, of course, Drew's his own, you know, the way he always is. They got some good receivers. I think they're a really good football team. Brian always talks about how you gave him one of the highest compliments. What were the the exact words, Brian? <laughs> uh, he, 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 I'm not sure Coach will remember this, but we were in a team meeting, and he was talking about being in a dark alley, and uh, he said that uh, pointed out two guys, that, which I was a, one of them, and Lorenzo Neal was the other, and he said he'd want those two guys with him and and so yeah that was pretty cool okay yeah, i always felt like, you know if i i felt that way about some players that that i coached that if i you know had a dark alley and had a bunch of guys coming after me if i could pick a couple players that i would like to help me out on that deal <laughs> uh those were the guys that i wanted to, to have in that situation well I, and, I could... another one that i i always respected was ricky jackson you yeah know, he was a tough guy and i run into ricky sometimes when i go back to new orleans but uh Good man. Yeah, do you know what he's saying? Because all those years I was around, I still don't know what the hell Ricky was saying. He's speaking that Cajun language or something. I know. I know. He's still that way. <laughs> well, you coached some great ones, Coach, and I tell this story. I always had, when I was in college, I had the Dome Patrol, that poster hanging up in my dorm room, and you had Swilling, and you had Ricky, of course, and Von Johnson, and the late Sam Mills. So, And you had Sam even when you were in the USFL, I believe. So you, yeah. you had some, some great ones that you, you coached along the way. Well, we had when I was with the Saints, you know, we most of the time there we had a really good defense because so, because we had good players. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason you you have success because you have good players, and you know, uh, the Dome Patrol gets a lot of notoriety and a lot of credit, and they did and and deserved it. But boy, we had some defensive linemen that were were good players too: Jumpy and Frank mm-hmm. Warren and uh, Jimmy Wilkes and Bruce Clark. Those guys were were special too. Yeah, Wayne Martin. Wayne Martin, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Gio and Jones or Jim Moore on CBS Sports Radio. Brian always says that he wasn't as committed as he could have been early on in his career, and he sometimes looks back on that and wish he had done things differently. From a coach's perspective, when you see players that you're not getting the full potential out of, do you really feel like you can affect that individual, or is it ultimately at that level of the NFL up to the individual to figure it out himself? Well, I think a coach can only do so much. I mean, most guys don't change a lot. Now, they do some, but I've, I've felt like that if he's had some problems in college being motivated and things like that, that all of a sudden he comes into the NFL, it's not going to be a big difference, maybe for a year or two, but then he kind of goes back to what he was. But but that's that's not always true. I don't want to be negative in that respect. But, uh, you know, you can only do so much. And I, th- I think the key to be successful is to get those kind of guys that are motivated. You know, Dick Vermeil told me once, he said, the, the, the key to having a bunch of a motivated, you know, the, the key to motivation is to have motivated players. You know, and that helps a lot. You don't have to spend a lot of time jacking them up with, with pox and this and that and all these kind of things. That if you want guys that just get guys that are motivated. And, you know, I've always felt like the, the key is to have good people on your team too and and you're as an nfl coach you can decide who you want if, if a guy's a jerk get rid of him and, and if he's not motivated get rid of him and that's that's all you have to do don't have a bunch of jerks on your team have good people <laughs> that are self-motivated that are good players and then you have success i think that across the board you can use that logic there because oh, yeah. uh, we were just discussing the popularity or lack thereof of the nfl currently a lot of hits off the field on the field uh, how would you categorize the popularity of the league or the health of the league, I should say? I think it's good. I mean, you look at attendance. I've heard that some attendance is down because of the, the, the kneels and the not standing up before the game and all that kind of stuff. But I, when I go to these Saints games or when I watch games on television or when I talk to people about it, when I read the paper, when I watch TV and what they say, I, I think the NFL is, is as popular as it's ever been. And I don't think, you know, people – People read some things in the paper about NFL players, uh, you know, and, and, and some of these guys are jerks. But ni- I think 95%, maybe even more, I mean, they're good guys. They want, they want to win. They want to be successful. They want to be coached. And, uh, and, and I don't think they are a bunch of prima donnas. People say, oh, it's hard to deal with you. I bet it was hard to deal with those prima donnas. I didn't, I didn't think so. Don't have prima donnas on your team. <laughs> Get rid of them. That's right. That's right. Um, when you look back on your career and you want to feel good and you're sitting around getting nostalgic, what era is the, the moment that you go back to the most? Well, you know, when, when, we, took, when we took over the Saints, the Saints had not had a winning season in about 20 years, and they'd been 8-8, eight and eight, I think, a couple times. But, you know, that's that first winning season and then that success that we had early, early, uh, in my career at NFL, a career with the Saints was was a highlight. I probably didn't appreciate it. I, I probably was a coach, Brian. I don't know. Maybe you would think this too. That I never, I never was able to smell the roses. You know, it was always like we got more to do. Uh, boy, that next game is going to be tough. We can't enjoy the last one. Maybe we can for a day or something like that. I, but we had some really good teams in New Orleans, and I had. We had some few, a few good teams in, in Indianapolis. Indianapolis hadn't been very good. Then we drafted Peyton and uh, 
My first year there, we were three and thirteen with him starting and playing every game. The next year, we're thirteen and three and won and won the division. So, but boy, it was always like worried about the next game, worried about the next season, those kind of things. I wish, as I look back, I wish I would have, you know, like I said, smelled the roses a little bit more and enjoyed some of the success we had. But uh, I, just you know, coaching in the NFL when you and it's like coaching anywhere at any at at, at you know big time levels. When you win, it, it's fun. When when you lose, it it sucks. Basically, you know, it's tough. But uh, so winning, winning makes it make winning makes it fun. Losing makes it hard. Yeah. Well, coach, uh, joy to hear your voice and uh, in, enjoy seeing you from time to time on the tube. You're doing your your football work, and uh, you were a good one, man. I I I, I look back on uh, even though we played on some. I was on some bad teams, and we didn't amass a great record. You were, you were a good one. You were always honest, and I appreciate that, and and I'm proud to say I played for you. Well, good, and I feel the same way about you, and I've enjoyed being on with you guys. Thanks, thanks Coach. For, yeah, thanks okay, for the time this morning. Day. You okay. too. Jim Mora, former Brian Jones coach, former NFL coach, put some really good stuff there. Yeah. He wants to be in an alley with me. That's right. Still does to this day. How about that? A dark alley. <laughs> Coming right back. Keep up with the latest on the show on Twitter at Geo and Jones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It is interesting to think about Jim Mora and how his most of the people that know the name Jim Mora. Think about his rants, the playoffs mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the diddly-poo rants. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just – I would have a tough time, to be completely honest, if I were him, that that most of the things that I'd accomplished in my life people don't think about. And my anger in those particular moments are the things that people that come first to mind. Well, they were so legendary, those rants. And he uh, he was one of the best at doing it. It's like a baseball manager. You you think of a Earl Weaver uh, and how successful he was as a manager, but you think about those rants as well and other managers uh, in, in the uh, on the baseball level that were just great at, at, at causing a ruckus when they were – were uh, directing their ire at an umpire, and and that's how Coach Mora was. But he was, as I said to him when we ended that interview, he was a hell of a coach, man. He was an honest broker. That's all you ever want, no matter what your walk in life is. You want someone who's going to be honest with you. And I didn't think he was that unfair. I just shared a story with you off air about him going off on a, a young dude who was on the team, and I thought that was a little unfair. But uh, he was always wired tight, man. We thank Jim Mora this morning yeah. for his time, getting up at 5.30 his time to go and talk to us. Also thanks to Mikey B, Petey Meets, Bogish, and the big fella, Matt. Oh, that big fella. Big fella Matt. Oh, okay. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> G. Owen Jones, CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.